0: What up, this is the twice over film club and I'm your host Faraz. Today we're talking about AI, artificial intelligence. This episode does contain spoilers and it also includes some discussion of Ex Machina for obvious reasons, so hopefully you have seen that movie as well. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen and give us a rating and a review that really helps us out. Follow us at the twice over on all the socials to keep up to date on what we're watching and reach out if you have any movie suggestions for us. Alright, let's get into the episode.
1: Did you guys read up on the background of this project? I did, yeah. How it was Kubrick and... Yeah. Um...
0: Like it's a brainchild of Stanley Kubrick, really. Yeah. Fahad Farhan, what's up, guys?
1: What's going on? What's up?
0: Okay, so today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, or AI, 2001 film. Directed by Stanley, Stanley, <laughs> directed by Steven Spielberg. I was going to say Stanley Kubrick because this is actually a brainchild of Stanley Kubrick, except that he passed away, what, 1999, I believe. So he mm-hmm. never got the chance to obviously direct this film himself, but he had let Steven Spielberg know that he would have liked him to work on the project. Yeah,
1: he uh, he thought that the movie agreed with Steven, with Spielberg's sentimentalities or his um, his whole aesthetic, right? And so right. he, before passing away, he uh, he actually passed it on, the project on to him. Yeah.
0: And Fahad, you actually chose this movie for Farn and I to watch. Why did you choose to watch this movie?
1: Well, I thought it was an interesting um, sci-fi movie. Um, mm. I've seen the amount of love that Ex Machina has gotten, right? Mm. And everyone has agreed that's a pretty smart movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought this went further in examining AI and the uh, whole world. The whole world building it does with looking at the human AI relationship and examining morals and ethics, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And the themes, the the themes to me were the highlight of this movie.
0: So I was actually going to pick Ex Machina as a movie. But then when you picked Uh, this one, I was like, oh, no, I can't do it.
2: Oh, okay, (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. You know, I kind of wish we did do Ex Machina, but I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it's definitely I mean, this is a very thematic thematically relevant movie i think even for today and um even 20 years ago before i mean we're talking before google was really a thing
0: yeah
1: right and this movie is uh based on a short story and the short story well kubrick started writing this movie i think in the mid 70s or early right. 80s right so it's it's really working off of aged concepts which might have been brought up to speed by um spielberg right as he would, As he was Mm -hmm. um, in the final stages of production. But um, Mm -hmm. it's an impressive movie in how it's quite prescient, right?
0: yeah and Fahad if I, if I recall correctly you were mm-hmm. bashing Steven Spielberg not too long ago on one of our episodes I oh I do yeah so I was surprised that you chose this
1: I bashed Spielberg for his over sentimentality right and you guys can agree on that right mm. and this movie does have some of those flaws but from mm-hmm. the reading I've done about who is responsible for that it was actually it seems like Kubrick Spielberg pinned it on Kubrick for those <laughs> overly sentimental moments in this movie but it's interesting despite 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 all its flaws, it's 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 a very thought-provoking movie, and that's why I chose it.
2: Absolutely, I agree. Especially for a sci-fi movie, it's I mean, and we'll see. I mean, but this is this is definitely one of the more thought-provoking movies I think that we'll ever do, because it was one of the most thought-provoking movies I think that's ever been made.
1: If you really okay,
2: but you really have to kind of you have to sit and think a lot. For uh, for a lot of the stuff to really soak in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, to resonate, right? To
2: resonate.
0: Now, was it released in 2001 specifically because of the film 2001, A Space Odyssey, whatever, by Stanley Kubrick?
2: I don't know. I imagine it took a couple of years to make.
0: I actually have not seen 2001, A Space Odyssey. So I haven't seen that film. So I don't know like, if there are any uh, overlap or parallels that no, I, don't I should so. know about. Uh, I don't believe so. Yeah, I, don't I saw the movie so,
2: so long ago. So this is a... It's kind of... A mix of Kubrick and Spielberg. You see some Kubrick in here. You see some Spielberg. You see a lot of Spielberg in this movie. I don't think that this is really like any other Kubrick movie, though. It doesn't. Sh- it, uh, it doesn't have the same kind of effect.
1: Kubrick's known for those long scenes, which are unflinching. They're just very cold, right? It shares some of those scenes, but in other scenes, it gets away from that. It's like a hodgepodge of both of them. How many
2: Kubrick <laughs> movies have we done in this podcast?
1: We haven't done Clockwork Orange. We, we haven't done, done Clockwork Shining. Orange. Yeah, we haven't done. Yeah, Kubrick,
0: but only one we did for our faran is um, was the one that we did. Yeah. <laughs> what was it called? Doctor Strangelove. Yeah, Doctor Strangelove.
1: <laughs> that was a. That's an interesting interesting Kubrick choice right because it's a little bit of a comedy it It is is, a comedy
0: yeah It is.
1: And then the rest are...
0: But it's very much a uh, Stanley Kubrick movie. I would say, I am i don't know if I could easily recommend this movie. I'm not sure who it's for. It's a little too mature in the thematic elements like you mentioned. There's a lot to discuss, but... Yeah,
1: too mature for a kid to watch, Yeah, right? but the
0: rest of the stuff is like for kids.
1: So <laughs> let me explain that. Let me explain my choice a little bit then. I watched this as a 12-year-old, I think. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was just so bizarre. You know, the fever dream sequences of... Uh, Osman walking through like the the flesh fair and then yeah. the rouge city. They were so creative and so out of this world. I was just blown away watching it as a kid. Like the more CD elements of this movie, you, you know, you don't, as a kid you don't recognize them and I guess it can be for both. It can be both for kids and adults.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying like it, it's like you have to you have to kind of go in with childish imagination but then mm-hmm. absorb the thematic elements that are much more adult unlike like you
2: know uh not unlike other spielberg movies this doesn't age for does it
0: did it age particularly well
1: wait i thought it aged well uh, you didn't a- think so I,
0: th- I think aesthetically it kind of did I'm, I'm i'm saying well i guess it doesn't age with the person in terms of time, I think it aged fine. It's just like, who is it for though? Is it like for that yeah. twelve to fifteen-year-old, or cause it's, it's not for someone under ten. It's too complex for that. It's, and I don't know if it is for someone like an adult who finds a lot of this stuff a little sappy. It's not. This is
2: not geared towards kids at all. This is way I
0: too
1: violent. I think it is. I think the emotional components of it of the the mother not loving the kid the same way the kid the AI loves her, right? That whole unrequited love, that I think will resonate more with um, mature audiences like adults. But the whole adventure uh, story will resonate, I guess, with everyone, especially so with kids right of uh this character exploring this futuristic world
0: yeah but the way it's presented is presented specifically for kids
1: dude there's
2: there's prostitutes in this movie
0: man <laughs> it's
1: not this
2: is not for kids 100 percent. this is for adults they're what they're trying to make is i mean they're trying to make a an ai
1: odyssey or an ai pinocchio yeah
2: an AI well exactly. exactly so it's an adult pinocchio <laughs> um pinocchio ai odyssey so it is geared towards adults the reason why i'm saying that this doesn't what i'm hearing is that this doesn't age well is because we're now having to ask that question where in 2001 nobody was asking that
0: question let's see it had two oscar nominations um it did not win either best music Mm -hmm. and uh best effects visual effects really best effects visual effects makes sense Haley
2: joel osman i thought was nominated for something was he not
1: Guys, beyond the awards, I remember this movie wasn't received well with general audiences because they were also confused by a lot of it. Hmm.
0: So, Golden Globe nominations for score, for director, uh, supporting actor Jude Law,
2: but yeah, yeah. So there you go. I mean, I know, I know by the general, uh, there's a lot of controversy about this movie. I, I really don't think that it it has aged particularly well. I think it's a lot oh, harder to watch this movie now than it was in 2001. That's like a Spielberg thing. We can't say the same thing for any other Kubrick movie, can we?
0: Well, <laughs> do you think it's because the concept is like so much more mature now that it's not as interesting?
2: Yeah, possibly. You named a couple other movies. You named Ex Machina. I'm sure there's other movies in this category that are a bit more palatable for us to watch because, well, it's not as cringy there's not as many you know plot holes it's it's this is very much like a 90s movie ha, this seems like a 90s movie to me from the acting perspective from the dialogue yeah, and yeah. All, all of the you know mm-hmm. all the stuff that we go through in those respects it has not aged well
0: Let, let's go through those things Let, let's start with the narrative i gave the narrative a 60
2: i gave it an 80 i went with a 65
0: yeah so i thought the narrative was kind of uh, weak like oh yeah the engagement is like average it's an interesting story It's pretty damn long. It's way too dramatic. It's not subtle. It's in your face. The overall storytelling, I thought, was as bad. I think the
2: more you watch this movie, the more you start... And this was my experience, you know, just personally. The more I watched it... Like, for us, I changed my score three times. For narrative? For the narrative. For narrative. Because at first, I gave this an... I gave this an 85. Okay. And then I watched it. And in my second watch, I was like, wait, 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 wait. How did I miss
1: (laughs) this? Your second viewing in the span of what? This past month? Or are you talking about your first viewing like years ago?
2: No, 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 no. uh, In the span of a week. Oh, wow. Okay. There was so much that I, d- I did think I was, wasn't was paying attention at first. I wasn't paying close enough attention. Yeah. And in my second watch of this, I'm just like, I just picked up on plot hole after plot hole after plot hole. Just things that were just, why they made such an effort to, make, to enforce certain concepts and then just completely forward went that concept later on. Such as? Know? Such as, okay. There's a scene where they're all at the dinner table. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere, the kid just starts cracking up laughing, right? Oh, Eerily. oh yeah. Because the yeah. mom
1: has like spaghetti hanging out of her mouth or something. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. And now, and then they're both laughing. And now everyone is laughing. And then he just stops all of a sudden. And it's just like really creepy. But for some reason, the mom and the dad are now enjoying themselves. <laughs> and that scene, immediately what follows that is her being like, well, shit, I think I love this kid now. <laughs> <laughs> really that's it that's what did it no you know what i mean I, like I think it's just him laughing
1: i think it remi- for them it reminded them of their actual kid who's uh, yeah. in a coma right that's now. that's the
0: point but i agree with far the execution of it is is horrendous right
2: yeah no i understand what they were trying to do it's just exactly they that it just made no sense and i mean i can go done i i can go down my whole list here but it's just a bunch of stuff like so that. so I'm, you know?
1: I'm going through the scenes right now after that spaghetti scene right the dinner table scene mm-hmm. She's talking him into bed, and there's, there's blue light, which is a whole motif in itself. She's mm-hmm. talking him in, and then she's looking at her comatose son in that same blue light. And then at, after that moment, she decides to go through with the, uh, the bonding procedure. What is it? The imprinting procedure.
2: Yeah, yeah. which is like unconditional forever. No, the kid does nothing else but love you. Mm-hmm. That's a lot... <laughs> how do you not have a fail safe come on man <laughs> right how do you not have a fa- and by the way when like the kid acts up how quickly you know they she fell in love with the kid so quickly like she was like okay that's it um that's f- now he's forever gonna be mine and then how quickly just after the pool thing there's no investigation as to what happened at the pool just out of nowhere he took the kid and put him in the pool. i get what you're saying
1: her love seems like all over the place for him right um at one moment she loves him dearly and then she just like leaves him i liken her love to uh, this uh creature uh what's his name david um (laughs) sorry (laughs) let me go back i liken her love to david to be one of like a human loving a pet at that level Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. that's why she's able to leave him in the forest because he threatens the life of her actual kid
0: i didn't even say that she would she actually loved him she was just using him as a replacement for her son no. for the moments that she needed that he was a bonding. rebound i
1: I'd, I'd push back <laughs> against that there's there's actual affection there that's what they at least what they try to portray here i wouldn't say you don't have to be binary on that right you there can be a spectrum Yeah. yeah.
2: right 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 yeah i, I think she I, you know i think she cared for him but she did not uh, what they're trying to tell us is that she did not love the kid
1: not as much as her her own kid,
2: yeah. I I posit not at all. Yeah, she didn't love him. I I don't think it was. The, like, and true... the, the film is trying to say that it's impossible for a human to love, uh, for a human to love a robot, which we see love actually all throughout the film. It's just never from her to him. It's it's from other robots. It's from other beings to him.
0: So that very first scene, um, like where that professor is describing his idea of a child robot and. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one assistant or whoever she scientist she asks him like we, we can have the robot love the person but how can we mm-hmm. have the person love the robot and i think that is a major theme that goes throughout the entire movie like or does she the mom actually ever love uh david i don't think she does i think she does
1: mm.
2: so what what points you to the fact that she does what makes you think she does
1: just the just the interactions right there's a scene where before she's Heading out to a party. She's late for a party. She, uh, she goes back into her room and she's looking at the perfume situation. And then what happens next? Oh, she gives him the teddy bear, right? Yeah. The teddy bear that was beloved by her actual son. Give him some companionship while she's out and th- there's other stuff interaction between them that suggests that you know there there's actually a loving relationship there
0: but she also doesn't want to return him to Cybertronics. she wants to be destroyed to, right yeah she doesn't want him to be destroyed yeah
2: but I think that there's a difference between feeling guilt and still caring for somebody but not like loving them you know we think about like the antiquated idea of love especially in those days was this unconditional there wasn't a gradient it's unconditional this one thing is love and once you reach love like you know that's the pinnacle of, of like feeling or whatever the way that she loves her kid she doesn't love him like that you're right she treats him like i wouldn't even say like a pet just like somebody else's kid that she has care she has to care for
1: faran she doesn't treat him like a pet she treats him as an equal to her actual son right because they're in the same room they're hanging out
2: no no no. that's what i said i why i said not even like a pet i'm saying she's treating him like as if i so it's it, this is a weird relationship but she's treating him like it's somebody else's kid that she now has to care for Definitely not equal to her son.
0: But still more than a pet.
1: Yeah, okay. So we go back to that scene where he's caught cutting her hair. And then her husband, who doesn't love the kid... He starts shaking him, and she's like, no, stop, 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 right? Out of concern for him.
2: Yeah. But about, out of concern, more for just anybody. She's just a caring human being. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like if you put somebody else's kid in the house, she would do the same thing. She would not just let him kill some kid or even what you know. Hurt. That's the idea. Hurt somebody. Yeah. She's just anti-hurt. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> so I. that's why I, I, I think that... To say that she loved the kid a stretch because if she loved him, then you know what she would have done? Gone back to the factory and be like, Hey, uh, can you fix this little kink? <laughs> by why is that not a thing, by the way? Why they can do all this amazing stuff and create this being mm-hmm. that's very close to a human, but the only solution, if there's anything that goes wrong, is Destroy. You have to destroy it. There's no Reprogramming Warranty. Like what's the what's the
1: Yeah. Yeah. So so David He's one of a kind, right? He's a he's a machine kid.
0: He's first of a kind, not one of a kind. He's got this built-in right.
1: naivety, and that's what leads him to uh, almost round um, his brother. I think that's that's by design that occurred. Yeah. That situation no, it, it is, is a result of the programming.
2: What was by design that he looks for protection? Right, right. But that he and so
1: reprogramming th- all that out would would defeat the purpose of having a childlike ai robot and so it wasn't a kink it was it was actually fundamental to his nature so it's either get rid of it
0: it's not a bug it's a feature yeah
1: yeah yeah. okay i guess i could buy that
0: so far and i was actually uh reaching the last couple weeks editing our three idiots episode and even i thought of i'm like steven spielberg is the is what bollywood aspires to be he's the kind (laughs) of director that they look at and they're like that's an american movie we gotta copy that yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: So I mean, I mean, I don't know.
2: Do you guys want to go into the directorial stuff? There, Spielberg is. Um, yeah, this is hard to comment on because, like Fahad said, Spielberg blamed, not blamed. He said that a lot of the stuff that people find wrong with this movie was Kubrick's idea, specifically the ending, was Kubrick's idea. Like, that is not a
1: Kubrick ending. Allegedly, Kubrick's, uh, yeah. But then people right, who are right. more familiar with the draft that Kubrick wrote said that wasn't it. So, huh. I don't know. I guess, oh, really? Yeah, I guess it's... Other, so, that's why
2: yeah. I kind of wanted to explore that because that's... So, obviously... I think it's one of the major issues that I have yeah. narratively in this whole
1: so thing. So, obviously, Spielberg is aware of the cri- his criticisms, right? And maybe that was right. just a deflection um, to make audiences, right. make it known that... Um, He's not someone who can be counted on for all the hokey features of this movie, right? That he's known for in, other, mm-hmm. in his other movies. And that's why I generally dislike his movies. Um,
2: right. Because I could see Spielberg doing that ending. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. I just can't see. I just so cannot see let's Stanley talk Kubrick about, ever doing yeah, that. Yeah,
1: Where do you think Kubrick would have ended that movie?
2: He would have ended it in the water the, with him just asking the lady to turn, begging the lady to turn him into a boy. Yeah.
1: Brain. I can see that. It's like a cold ending. Yeah. You
2: know? Right not 2,000 years have passed and now oh yeah I don't, see I don't I don't want to be a guy that's just talking major crap about this movie all day, all day narratively mm-hmm. but yeah needless to say that ending was a major 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 issue just it was a major it was very controversial when it first came out. I remember that being a thing because my brother had this movie on um, on DVD mm-hmm. at the time I remember watching it as a kid and being confused, but being like, I just don't know yet. I don't, I don't, I don't understand this. Most yet. of the confusion and generally
1: then, came from perceiving those advanced AI as aliens, right?
2: Well, no, even just in terms of like, why is this even a how? How does this? Why does he only get a day? Yeah. Well, how are they able to recreate everything except for his mom from the stupid DNA thing? Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> They're able to do all this other stuff. They can't create people just from somebody's thoughts, which most of this kid's thoughts yeah. are about his mom.
0: Like, why not just create another AI, right? We created,
2: yeah you know but it was stuff like that that i was i remember asking i remember thinking when i was not a kid but i would say probably like you know 15 watching this movie that's spielberg stuff it's just don't worry about the plot holes just think just look at the overarching picture
0: so i, I want to kind of talk about the writing here because i thought this was the weakest part of the movie i give it a 50. Yeah.
1: i also give it the lowest score of my uh, overall scores i gave it a 70.
2: yeah i gave it a
0: 60. So we all, all agree, writing is not... No man, 70's saying it's average, is definitely not average. That's true, that's true, yeah, it's, I don't think it's average. <laughs> it's definitely worse I than average. It. It's the most unnatural script, like, ever, for both humans and for robots. How are they going right. to like, be able to create AIs that are so realistic, but they can't even give them, like, proper diction? It was bothering me the entire movie. I hated it. Yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. we're yeah. going to talk about this probably with the acting too, but the acting was horrendous, and I blame most of it on writing,
1: ah acting okay
0: there's i
2: don't i don't agree about i don't agree horrendous but i think it's pretty it's it's inconsistent just
0: like we've yes, been talking about
1: i'd but. say inconsistent
0: oh my god are you serious okay what was what was your guys
1: Jude Law was great
0: okay no what was your scores for acting i got 55
1: Oh wow! I gave it an eighty. I didn't.
0: I didn't eighty actually. So the you par- both gave it eighty,
1: right? What? The parents <laughs> at the, uh, the first, the first uh, part of the movie. Uh, the parents' acting was uh, terrible. Yeah. Osmond's acting was great. Jude Law's acting was great. The few actors we met, like at the flash fair, the organizer of the flash fair, that guy was amazing. I forgot his name, but he's in a lot of movies l- lately. Um,
2: yeah, they do it from uh, what's it called? He's in Harry Potter. Oh yeah, he?
1: He, uh, Mad Mookie or something, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who else was good? Yeah. Oh, uh, John Hurt, the AI the professor developer, right? He was great. Yeah. Oh, what? William Hurt, not John. William. Yeah, Hurt. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Yeah, what? I, I don't you didn't either. like
2: his acting. No. No, <laughs> he is a robot. <laughs> <laughs> what? Is that your take? <laughs> Somebody created him, bro. No, not a. Here's my my thing about the acting is this. And and, and like Yusuf asked For when we did Elizabeth Town Like how we Great acting I think it's an important Discussion to have Because we haven't had That one with you Okay As with so many movies That we have reviewed Right Supporting cast Dog shit Right Terrible Main actors There are some Shining There are some Shining moments I do not think That they are great In any respects at all I think Jude Law Is probably the best actor Meaning like he did What he was supposed to do Mm -hmm. Haley Joel Osment I mean, there are some good moments, yeah. but I'm not going to say it was a great performance overall. I don't agree with that. Yeah, he was adequate. And outside of those two, I mean, maybe the Blue Fairy. <laughs> 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 it was just, it was, but I think it is average. I, I gave it a score of 80 because. How about Chris Rock? Oh, oh my God. God the God. one line for Chris Why Rock. Why is he in this movie? I don't
1: know. It's amazing though. What
2: was that?
1: It's like 10 seconds of Chris Rock being loaded into a cannon and then being shot out at the being rate. loaded
2: into a cannon and yeah. in the in the spirit of what self-preservation i thought robots didn't have self-preservation oh they do the lady when she screamed out uh-huh. robots don't plead for their lives yeah. mega don't plead for their lives freaking of course they do you just watch chris rock do it you had no issue <laughs> You know what I Wait, mean? Did they say you that? You watch all
1: these other people doing it. They said that? They said that robots don't have self-preservation. They the said lady, that. They don't when, plead for their lives. When he life.
2: was when Haley Joel Osment was screaming, was like I'm David, I'm not a robot and she's like she the first lady who stood up and she's like Mecca don't plead for their lives as she threw the thing oh, at him. Oh, I
1: just talked that up to um them not knowing, right? It's just it's a bunch of savages, right? Rednecks.
2: <laughs> no, but but Chris Rock was pleading for his life. Yeah. when yeah. he was being That's exactly what he game. was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so that's a that's a detour. Sorry, that's a uh, what it called um a detour. But Where were we talking about acting, right? Acting. Yeah. So, yeah, I
0: I thought it's it is average. Yeah. And you're still going with an 80? Why'd you go above average then?
1: Because I there were know. some good performances. I don't know. And then some terrible ones. The
0: good moments were good?
1: Yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I mean, you know, so speaking of Haley Joel Osment, I mean, he, he plays a good kid robot, you know what I mean? There are times when it was really cringy, but that's, pro- that's just what he was supposed to do, I think.
0: Yeah, I blame that to the writing. Yeah, like he's. Why the hell is he talking like a weirdo? Why not just give him normal lines? He's an advanced. So he robot. he's a
2: good he before he was programmed and after he's programmed. There's a huge difference in the way that he speaks, the way that he acts, mm-hmm.
1: the way they not pro <sighs> programmed meaning uh, what's the word imprinted right? Is that right? Yeah. I guess because yeah. the imprinting was supposed to unlock advanced right advanced emotions or whatever advanced programming that right making right human-like. so i thought that was interesting yeah.
2: and that's not easy to do yeah
0: to yeah was
2: uh sixth sense was after this right before this
0: before this yeah a year before oh really okay
2: and i
1: think that's why he was yeah. casting those.
2: no they were like okay let's get a kid we have like there's like we can go with uh either this kid or um imagine Macaulay Culkin. some other kid <laughs> oh yeah Macaulay Culkin. Uh, he's like older He's not going to work for this. Okay, let's go with the one other kid that we have in Hollywood.
1: <laughs> Imagine if they cast, they rewrote this movie for an adult. That'd be ridiculous. Yeah, I know. <laughs>
2: They should remake this movie with the current Haley Joel Osment. And, uh... Oh wow,
1: that'd be creepy.
0: <laughs> like go- going back to that question of how we uh, rate the acting, like how we perceive it at least when we're uh-huh. we're uh-huh. judging it. Right. Like for me, right, it's all about how often I get taken out of the movie because the acting is forced, and this movie just had way too many instances of it. Oh yeah, I yeah, blame yeah. a lot of it on the writing because like if you have a terrible script, like it's really hard to act well with a terrible script. Um, but at the same time, I just. I, I never like the parents the the mom and dad like I never got into their acting. I I never thought there was a scene where I was like that was flawless acting. <laughs> I never thought that. There was no chemistry. Yeah, it was like either average or terrible. Like it was never better than average. Um yeah. Jude Law was good. I thought he played the role pretty good. Um even as in acting as a uh, as a Mecca as a robot, I thought he was pretty good in that like in those quirkiness that he had to his uh motions. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. yeah, Haley Joel Osment, I didn't have the biggest problem with them. Again, I think most of the times I felt that it was like an awkward scene or a cringy scene. It was because of the writing, not really because of his acting.
2: Are you changing your score then? No, no, no. I'm still sticking
0: with 55, man. I think it's a very fair score for how how many times I was taken out of the movie. I laughed too many times when I shouldn't be laughing and I was laughing no, because 100% the acting was 100%. just like terrible
2: yeah I think I don't know I, I actually I'm thinking about the other movies that I've rated acting wise I mean I'm probably rating this high you definitely are yeah yeah I probably I probably am I'm too lazy to kind of go back and change it <laughs> but so I mean that but the thing is that like we also have to take in the time period right I, I know we've no, done some man, there's other plenty movies, of good in this.
0: movies that are from that time period with great acting I yeah, really I mean, think there, I mean there are I think you guys are giving the writing a little too much credit, to be honest. Writing? We- I give it a 60. Yeah, I give it, it a give 70. It, but, like, it's not average, man. It's definitely not an average script.
1: Do you want me to revise my score and drop, like, a point or five? <laughs> no, you yeah,
2: don't yeah, have to. Be a- I just, 59, dude. I just think, like... 59 writing.
0: The writing was just so terrible. Like, I, I don't know how... Can you guys think of, like, any decent lines from this movie that was, like... No. Actually, not just thought-provoking, but... um convincing when you were watching it it was either cringy and like cheesy um over the top dramatic and on top of it was like what did i give bad
2: here's what did i give three idiots oh yeah that's what i'm (laughs) giving this one
0: (laughs) three idiots for writing or acting yeah writing well for both far and you give it 50
2: okay i give this a 50 for writing then Okay. I think that's fair, right? It is. I mean, It's it's no, as I bad don't, as that. I don't I, I don't usually go that low that's that's my thing. I mean sixty for me, I don't know. I guess I I just have to change my scoring uh thing. Sixty for me is pretty
0: rock bottom. The whole it's point close. of our system is to be, I don't know, as like you can go as high or low as you want. Depending on what the person wants, they'll get they'll get a more a better reflection of that. So like if you do think the acting is 80 then they'll see like, hey, the acting is good in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like, you don't want them to think that the writing is average when it's not.
2: Okay, no. So in taking that into account, okay, yeah. I, w- I would drop that writing score to a 50. Acting then would be a 70 because <laughs> I don't know why 80. It's average and like it's according to how I rate other movies. Yeah. This is no reason for this to be an 80. Okay. <laughs> if good is our measure of acting, then no. I can
1: do the same thing. Yeah. I can be convinced. You're going to do drop your
2: acting to 70. You don't have to do it just because I did it. I no, own, you guys make own a own good guy, point. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, fine. Here's the thing because we know the themes is going to. I I, read, I
1: Yeah, okay. Let's, should we just let's go, let's go to this? Yeah, let's go into this. I, I, I gave it 100. Yeah, I, I gave oh, it a wow. 95.
0: I gave it a 90. Yeah, so we do agree the themes here are really strong. And again, that's the point of our system, right? So people could see that the themes in this movie are gonna be ninety plus yeah, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want them thinking that our writing and acting are like equivalent at any level. Like it's a big drop off from writing and right. acting in themes.
2: So okay, so here's the thing though, even I give this a hundred, if we're counting directing going into each of these, well then technically there should be a lower score. Um so yeah. So then I'm going with the ninety five.
0: Go for it. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. I mean direction should be considered in every category. Right. Um, right. Most heavily under narrative because of storytelling. Right, right.
2: But even still, so I mean, the theme. I mean, uh, this is what I imagine we're going to spend most of a lot of the time on. They they raise an interesting question, which is, why do other beings, why are they more human than humans are? Yeah. Why do they have more human sentiments? Why do they have more human tendencies than humans do? We are not humans anymore. That's what they're basically trying to. That's just a really interesting statement to make, and. Uh, I thought the movie did a really good job of of portraying that.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the same question I wrote down was like the the main motif here is like what makes it what makes a individual real, whether a mm-hmm. mecca or a, a human. By all measures, David is as real as it gets, and I think that's what the professor like tells him too. Like at the end, he's like, "You are real. You you have all these." emotions in you you have all these desires uh basically you have everything a human being has that makes a human being real so the question is like what does it mean to be real yeah yeah and then he's chasing that's that's what david's chasing the entire movie he's chasing the ability to be changed from a robot to a real person so that his mother will love him again i mean it's it's definitely a thought-provoking question fahad what did you think
1: you nailed it, right? With the, you guys both nailed it with the interesting questions this movie raises. Um, I thought the one other major question is, um, what obligation do humans have towards these robots that they've created, right? Uh, it's their creation. Mm-hmm. They've designed them to uh, work within their world, right? These AI robots, they're living in humans' world. They've been adapted to live in their world, but yet they, a lot of them have been kicked out and defend for themselves with... Uh, And we see the scenes at the flash fair where humans are, they hold these resentful feelings against them, right? Feelings because they think robots are going to replace them.
0: Yeah. So I think it gets into, so these robots are initially created for a particular purpose. They're not created to replace humans, but Mm -hmm. to replace like certain functions of humans. So David is created to, you know, be that child for those parents that can't get the license to have a child. Um, and then I think they mentioned mm-hmm. you know there's server robots, there's nanny robots, there's all these other types Prostate of robots. Yeah, prostitute robots. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they've all been designed
1: for a purpose in mind, right?
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. but then I guess I guess the question is like you know are they like how do you design someone so realistic, and then cage them into like a specific role, because. Yeah, I don't know.
1: Or or discard him after that purpose has been fulfilled.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I kind of want to say that's exactly what happens to David, right? Because the second Martin is back and um he he gets healthier, he's no longer like in that wheelchair or anything. He's just like the normal son that he used to be more or less. That's what uh that's what the mom does, right? She discards David. She's like, mm-hmm. "We're not we don't want to destroy you because again, I do love you. I don't want to see you get hurt, but you're not my son, so I need to, right. You, you've already fulfilled your purpose, which was to be a replacement for my son, but now my son is back. So I don't need you anymore.
1: Or, cold. or, mm-hmm. uh, you're a danger to my son's life. And that's why I need to get rid of you.
0: Yeah, But like, why does she think he's a danger to her son's life? Because the pool scene, then then goes back to a farm and says, like, why wouldn't you ask a question? <laughs> like, what happened at the pool? Why did you throw him in the water? Like, it's not like he was actually trying to hurt him.
1: He w- But it, like, intention if, doesn't if he... matter. It's, it's what happened.
0: I think I think the robots are programmed in a way to not hurt, right?
1: Sure. Maybe this like, robot. I mean, yeah,
2: it's not. He's not a vi. There's not a violent bone in his body. We're made to believe. So it's not like when he took the scissors to. There's no ounce of him that was like, you know what? Maybe I'm just gonna stab this chick. Like nothing was like that. And even when, um, you know, there's he didn't hit. He hit nobody. There was nothing violent about him at all.
1: So. It's just the well, unintentional that, consequences of his programming.
2: Yeah, but that's kids being kids do stupid shit like that all the time. Human ones. Yeah. A human one would dude, have Martin, probably Martin endangered. was an asshole. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Dude, right? Yeah, he was. <laughs> Honestly, if I if I was in Haley Joel Osmond's shoes, I would have <laughs> You would have murdered that kid. I, I would have punched that kid. Yeah. <laughs> I would have tackled him, taken the spinach, and
0: choked him out with the spinach. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what I mean. Martin the kid was a good actor. Whoever was playing him, because because he gets us to convi- be angry at him. Um, the convincing jerk. Yeah. yeah.
1: Anything else for themes or uh, motifs? Because I I do want to get into that blue light uh, motif that keeps popping up. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so we first see the blue light motif where um, where the mo- where mommy is looking at her uh, comatose son. Um, she's looking mm-hmm. at, at him in his state, and there's there's blue light emanating from this the cryo chamber or whatever and that's the first time we see it and it's supposed to be i think representative of longing right of something that you desire but can't have and it appears so many times throughout the movie it's it's mostly used with uh, david's character and him wanting to be human and he seeks out the blue fairy and the blue fairy is always cast in this blue light
0: mm. well i didn't pay too much attention to this this to be honest yeah I didn't either. I, I I realized that there was
2: something going on with light, and so there's a lot of spotlight kind of stuff in, um a lot of halo. I don't really know anything about what a lot that of
0: halo lighting, um, a lot of backlit like scenes. Yeah, like it was yeah. very bright. I just assumed it was part of the more aesthetic feel of a yeah. future oh, okay. dystopian world. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I don't know anything about
2: blue and what that's supposed to be, <laughs> but well, tell us. Do you?
1: <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just that. It was okay. symbolizing longing. Um, it's used in a couple other scenes. The moon scene where they, uh, there's almost this desire to chase the moon, right? But then mm-hmm. they, it turns out that one of them were, was the the hot air balloon, and then they th- they learn to question right. whether or not they should be going after or walking in the direction of the moon. Another time it was used was oh when she's when the mom's tucking her the kids into bed there's like a blue light around her actual kid but not mm. around him
0: and then he's got the bluest eyes ever
1: oh yeah yeah i mean we can, we can really
2: go forever on the, the questions that this poses you know because there is a lot because i mean so we mentioned i mean you kind of mentioned what responsibility do humans have towards these creations that they did mm-hmm. when you think about the flesh fair there's there's two different communities here right there's well maybe i would say three there's people who are creating the technology and are obsessed with the technology and are in love with it and the possibilities of it. And then there's people who like the family that are just kind of indifferent. And then there's people at the flesh fair, um, who are basically anti-vaxxers, the rednecks.
1: So the hicks.
2: Yeah. So it kind of, it, to me, it kind of raises the question of what is our responsibility towards, um, science in general and how do we teach, how do we treat responsibly treat you know, scientific discoveries and Mm -hmm. things of that nature. Do we respect it or do we not? You know what I mean? Yeah, and how... Do we wish that we had gone back Mm -hmm. and go back to a caveman sort of deal, which is with Flesh Fair, right? I mean, the Flesh Fair is is people rebelling against progression, Mm -hmm. arguably. They're rebelling against scientific progression. Things that were created to make things more efficient. And stuff like that you know what i mean
0: yeah and i mean it, it also comes down to the question like are they are they just afraid of the unknown or is it sincerely like they they believe that they're being replaced um i don't know i mean i obviously think it's the former that's the most common thing like ignorance right. th- breeds that kind of activity sure
2: and that's Spielberg. that's that is 100 percent spielberg what name name is other movies
0: jurassic park <laughs>
2: jurassic park of, uh, fear of the unknown. Yeah. Right. E. T. Jaws. All of those movies are about the fear of the unknown, and you have regular people fearing what they don't, what they have no, what they don't know about. You know, and some sometimes it's warranted. Jaws was Spielberg, right? Yeah, he, it was. But yeah. going b- so sometimes it's warranted. Yeah,
1: going back to that resentment, I don't think it's fear of unknown. They know the quantity AI I th- it has, I think, has been in this world for a while. I think the resentment stems from the fact that AI will outlast humans. Humans occupy this world that's warming. New York has been is a flooded city. Humans in this world know their time on this earth is limited. Mm. AI knows it'll outlast humans, and that's where the conflict comes in. And that's why you have places like the Flesh Fair, where people are um, acting out their resentment. Mm.
2: Yeah, I kind of wish... You know what? I do wish that there was more... Okay, so we've I, we've kind of trashed this movie a lot, but what would have made this better, in my opinion, it would have been very interesting if there were some robots that turned you against know, the humans, evil. Oh, let's say okay. they turned against humans. If we saw, we didn't see or any of that. Or they fought did back. We? we should say, right? They what? If they fought back, they fought back and they acted in the preser- the self preservation. Like yeah. they are only worried about them themselves and. They were worried about destroying everyone else. I wish we saw a little bit of that. I wish we saw some crime committed by robots. I wish we saw, you know, some stuff like that. All we saw were humans doing the crimes. Yeah. We didn't see robots doing anything. I wish we saw a little bit more of that to justify mm. the, the flesh fair people. Yeah. You know, because then they're, then you're raising some really interesting questions, right? Yeah. Um, like, it, like in... Ex, should I talk about Ex Machina? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> like in Ex Machina... That question is raised because you have ro- you have um, robots, a with robot who goes on like a killing spree. I don't. But the
1: th- intentions of the AI aren't discovered until it's too late. The guy has been conned right. into yeah. helping her. Yeah. But AI movies but it, with uh, the robots acting out from the get-go, Terminator, Skynet. Ter- right. Are right. you thinking that extreme or just a little bit more milder? Not it.
0: Ah uh, no, even that's fine too. But even like. Uh, Was robot like that? I don't remember. I think you. I get what you're saying, Far. You just wanted some elements of that in the film to just like, so that it adds nuance to the argument of like, hey, who is in the right here? Like the human, because the way it's presented, it's like so obvious and clear that these humans are just assholes that are doing this, um, and the robots are at zero fault for anything, right? Um, But like, yeah, if if they added some nuance to that question, if you had some robots that were actually acting out mm-hmm. i mean wh- whether it's self-defense or not but you know they are yeah or
1: how about of- or how about make inserting more sympathetic human characters i think that accomplished mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm.
2: goal right the only what the we only have the mom and then we have the dude um uh, who gets him out of the flash girl fair, right? and the guy who who
0: save him from the cave. what about
1: the what yeah, about the right? uh nope. the doctor william hurt his character was uh a decent guy yeah yeah yeah. yeah, i guess but but he's
0: also in a different position right he's not just like he's the creator of the robot so it's a different relationship than just like a standard human sure that's true i think the biggest thing this movie could have done to be better Mm -hmm. is the music choice in the
1: Mm, i love the music really it's so cringy Ah.
0: (laughs) did the piano ever stop in the entire movie i didn't notice it it got a little dramatic (laughs) the strings came in i swear
1: i didn't notice it was it too much for
0: you so i actually like the visuals quite a bit in this movie so my score for aesthetics is 65 only slightly under average because of the music otherwise like just the visuals by itself are like 80 easy but the music really pushed it down quite a bit
2: to be honest with you when i so and again talking about the philosophy of our scoring music doesn't really factor heavily unless it's meant to be a force in the movie like we talked about almost famous like Mm -hmm. we talked about with elizabeth town probably other movies like you know la la line obviously right well for me um, like
0: it's again it's all about what i feel is distracting to the overall movie the music was distracting to me in this movie
2: i didn't notice it to be honest with you wow I, um same i i thought
1: it was a pretty yeah, nuanced really uh it. level
2: but i don't usually notice music mm. so and, and i i don't know i do do you do you feel the do you is music usually a huge part it, of your viewing experience
1: music is going to be a detriment if they if the music's used in a in a hammy way like right like the if the volume is too loud or if it if it seems like it's trying to sucker you into feeling a certain way how is that not
0: exactly what this movie does I, it definitely tries what to i'm sucker you into what feelings. i'm saying
1: is <laughs> the music was used in a complimentary way i guess you guys weren't you didn't feel the same things I was when no. watching this movie and that's why you thought it was manipulative. But I thought I did, yeah, exactly. It was more extreme I thought it was pretty nuanced and mm-hmm. I didn't notice it as much as you. And
0: what were your guys' aesthetic scores?
1: I gave it an eighty five. I went with an eighty.
0: Okay, so I mean, you guys are obviously weighing the visuals pretty pretty heavily, right? Because those were pretty good, and I think that part actually aged very well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Outside of
0: yeah, I love the I love the scene where that chick is like
2: she comes in and she turns to the side, and you see her uh, like the inside of her. Oh head, yeah, basically. that's a pretty
1: iconic scene. Um, I was gonna say the only part where the visuals kind of fall apart just because because the age of the movie, it's it's the blue fairy animation scene towards the very end.
0: Oh, I was gonna say the whole Doctor No thing that was lame. Oh, uh, the projection. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that yeah. projection was pretty uh, old school looking. But the entire city itself looked pretty cool. Like, yeah. It looked futuristic and I didn't really notice it. Uh, I mean, it didn't look like CGI. I mean, it was, but like, it was done well. Um, what else was like actually really good? Oh, one thing I didn't like was out of all like the futuristic vehicles, you just had these dirt bikes with like random like flares on it oh yeah when they were trying yeah. to catch catch them i mean like, oh, you couldn't think of a better motorcycle type of vehicle
2: yeah well that's that's a pinocchio thing that's from pinocchio what is is it motorcycle or is it not for pinocchio it's um what's it called man it's 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 fairy tale right it's being chased by wolves
0: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the wolves part i get that but i'm just saying the vehicle itself like in terms of aesthetics like it was old school it aged it didn't look good it didn't fit with the rest of the movie which had like futuristic vehicles all that stuff so guys
1: get this this movie was made in 2001 the following year Mm -hmm. steven spielberg same director came out with minority report which Mm -hmm. looks a million years more advanced than this, in the way it's more futuristic looking, right? I don't mm-hmm. know what happened between the two movies, but I guess they were so they got so far advanced that Minority Report. I mean, I do think like at that time, yeah,
0: like every year made a huge difference mm-hmm. with visual effects. Okay. Well, when did
2: Matrix come out? Think about that. Two
0: thousand or ninety-nine. <laughs> yeah,
2: I don't know. I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm kind of rethinking it, and uh, I, I'm changing my aesthetic score to 70 to average. Okay, because the visuals were. The only, the only time I'm I'm just remembering that scene and I'm letting that scene cloud my, <laughs> cloud my vision, Which if you will, but just of the of that girl and when she turns to the side and I'm like, okay, whatever, that does not self deserve. Oh, okay. The city was okay. Like when you guys are talking about the city, it was fine.
0: It was fine, but I mean, considering 2001,
2: I thought it's pretty good for 2020. Yeah,
1: I thought they were working with the-
2: other movies that are in that time. Yeah. I don't think it is. As I don't think it's as good as it could have been, one hundred percent. There is other movies in that time I'm sure that were just way way better aesthetically. Even
0: than this one. like the dystopian New York City underwater, I thought was pretty cool too. Oh yeah, that was That's pretty dope. easy to do though. Fine, it could be easy to do it. They did it well, so I'm giving them props. Yeah, same.
1: <laughs> okay. I thought it did well with the uh, with the limitations that they had. Obviously, with CGI, um, there were just a few scenes that felt dated, but whatever, you know. Um, the original reason why Kubrick didn't make this movie was because he felt that technological limitations with CGI would prevent him from creating a convincing portrait of the futuristic world. Mm. Yeah, and Spielberg shortly went after
0: That's why he kept holding out yeah. on it until it was like too late for him. Out of his yeah. hands, yeah.
2: I, I wish that Kubrick had just directed this movie. <laughs> that's what I that's what I wish. Because I, I think Spielberg probably also didn't give his
0: all into this movie.
2: Um, because he probably didn't have to, and he probably had a lot of the work already done for him. He's like, okay, I'll just that. whatever.
0: He, he probably had like bad choices to make. I, like yeah. As in, like, do I keep this because this is Stanley Kubrick's idea, right. or do I change it because I think this would work better? And he probably had to make a couple choices that maybe didn't work out, but you know, can you really fault him? Maybe he was no. just trying to keep the original vision that Kubrick had, or at the same time, he was trying to make sure that They took advantage of everything that they had in terms of current Mm -hmm. technology at 2001. I don't know.
2: So what I had heard, and I don't, this is not something I researched recently, but I remember at some point, like years back, researching this, the director thing, and Kubrick made it, 70s, 80s, he he gave it to Spielberg to make. And Spielberg said, no, this is not up my alley. Or not up my app, whatever something like that, right? And uh, I
0: think you're right that Kubrick did decide early on uh, that uh, he wanted Spielberg to d- direct it.
2: So that's that would be the reason why if Kubrick did have all the stuff in the original, you know, his script, then it was because he intended for Spielberg to.
0: Well, as far as the it script it. goes, writers, like does it really go to him? I don't it know. It goes. The screenplay goes to Sp- Steven Spielberg, and then the screen story to Ian Watson in the short story that the movie is based off of Brian Aldis Aldis it does not go like nothing is nothing mentions Stanley Clinton No nothing goes writing. to him
2: but we know that this is his it was completely his project oh, and only when his he idea. died we
0: don't we don't know if he wrote how much of it he wrote i don't think he probably he probably didn't write much of it if he had even written a little bit i think that would have given him some credit mm-hmm. only to just like you know bolster their their reputation a bit you know why wouldn't you so what did he have just the idea of it yeah I assume that's what it was. Like, the overall idea, maybe the overall story arc. But the story arc is coming from the short story probably you know, expanded.
2: Yeah, I think you're probably right. I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, maybe we can I'm not going to look into it, but <laughs> if you guys if, if our if our you listeners. listener care to listen uh, to go you know, look into it then um Look into it and
1: let us yeah. know. Yeah, and read the short story too, and tell us how how much of th- this movie is coming out of there. Yeah, or the short out story the is from nineteen sixty
0: nine. Okay. The short story was. Yeah, it's from nineteen sixty nine.
1: Mm. I know that uh, Blade Runner was adapted from another, a different author' short story, um, but it it took a lot of creative license, right? So hey, I mean, this sort of stuff happens.
2: So that's a good example. When did the
1: first Blade Runner come out? Uh, Eighty yeah. four, I think. Or eighty two, and it's based on eighty two on uh, Philip K. Dick's short story "Do Androids Dream or something of Electric like Sheep." Mm. I think that's a short story.
0: Yeah, it came out in eighty two. Mm. Cool.
2: So overall, uh, what do you guys think? Uh, plot hole after plot hole, but um, <laughs> really interesting ideas.
0: Interesting ideas, interesting questions to think about after the movie is over. Some bad writing, some underwhelming performances in terms of acting. Uh, but a
1: sufficiently good AI movie, right? A sufficiently good sci-fi movie, which um, it's it's deeper than a lot of other stuff. That's more recent.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So again, yeah, I guess we would just say if the if you're looking for you know the abstract elements, the themes, the the ideas, and the questions that this movie uh, poses, this is probably probably a very good watch if that's the mindset you're going in with. Just don't mm-hmm. expect good acting or writing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: expect to be, you know, it's cringy <laughs> at times.
0: Well, yeah, sci-fi, I feel like you kind of, especially older sci-fi movies, you have to have some leeway with with that cringiness aspect. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, it's just hard to know what would be futuristically cool when you're watching a movie that's 20 years old. Yeah, Like that Dr. No stuff was cringy yeah like dude just google it
1: <laughs> ask siri <Yeah>. ask alexa <laughs> yeah.
0: what was what was in the, back in
2: the day was it they had like aol search or was ask jeeves even a thing at the yeah time? It, was. Yes, it was that was ask all throughout jeeves.
1: the 90s oh, yeah. all right
0: guys i think we can that's a good spot to leave it cool thanks for listening everyone we'll be back next week peace, peace.
1: thanks for listening to this production of the twice over if you enjoyed this episode, consider subscribing and sharing it with a friend. Want to see what your tally is? Check out thetwiceover.com. All the movies we've done are listed there, as well as what we're watching for the current week. Follow us at The
2: on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, where you can leave us any suggestions, feedback, or comments. And if you're about it, you can also support us on Patreon. The music you hear on this podcast is from Amerigo Gazaway. You can find his work on Bandcamp and Spotify.